Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. This is the Joe Gaither Show. Welcome in right here to the Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com, a part of the BamaCentral.com network. And we are really excited to uh, to, to bring you our Wednesday show. It's going to be a, a third show. Wow, already made it three shows without getting fired. That's excellent. But we're going to have a fun show today. We're going to have a lot of uh, uh, interesting topics to get into this, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time you're listening to this. We're going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be talking about Darius Miles. Darius Miles just had uh, a kind of an unfortunate situation break in his case. So Darius, we're going to talk about Darius Miles. We'll also talk and chat about Alabama's victory over the Kentucky Wildcats yesterday in the SEC tournament. We will talk about uh, Alabama Super Regionals in, in the softball uh, this weekend. Alabama is going to be hosting Northwestern. So will we see Montana Fouts? We'll talk about those three topics, and we will talk as well a little bit about about. Football and some running backs conversation. So I want to invite you to jump in and join the show at Joe Gaither 6 on the Twitter machine. You can leave your comments, your questions, queries right there. Or on the Facebook side, you can find me at Joe Gaither. And then, of course, on YouTube as well. So if you're listening to this on Podcast Playback, we appreciate you guys listening on Spotify. And uh, we appreciate you checking us out on BamaCentral.com. So very pumped to be uh, get started on show number three. So let's get right into it. Okay, let's get right into it. Darius Miles. Hmm. You guys all know, if you don't know, here's your quick synopsis and backstory. Darius Miles was involved in the spring shooting that happened right here on the Strip here in Tuscaloosa. Darius Miles, former basketball player for our Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. And and so um, Darius Miles... You all know. Uh, after the LSU, after the LSU home game, uh, the the Alabama Crimson Tide won big time. What 20, 25 point victory? The guys are celebrating on the strip. The night turns tragic with a shooting and a death to Miss Jamia Harris. And absolutely, our thoughts always are with Jamia Harris and and her family, the young son that's not going to grow up grow up without a without a mother. Um, that's that's obviously the most tragic part about this story. But today, the, the breaking news and the, and the news that kind of uh, you are interested in, Darius Miles had a bond hearing, and unfortunately, he was denied bond. He was denied bond in a circuit uh, circuit court. Uh, let's see. Uh, he was denied bond. Tuscaloosa City Circuit Judge Daniel Pruitt, uh, unfortunately, denied bond to Darius Miles. Now, this is a little interesting to me because of what we have seen play out uh, since January 15th. January 15th, obviously the night of the, of the murder, Darius Miles and Michael Davis end up in custody. Michael Davis, the alleged trigger man, uh, and Darius Miles, the supplier of, of the firearm. Now, the added context, a lot of added context have, co- have come out since the January 15th shooting, and this creates questions and, and uh, creates questions about Darius Miles' guilt, Darius Miles and Michael Davis's guilt. Well, obviously, uh, it doesn't change the fact that Jameer Harris is passed away, but details have come out over the, over the last few months that maybe, perhaps, Cedric da- uh, Cedric Johnson, excuse me, Cedric Johnson would was involved and was the aggressor in the case. Today, at in the Tuscaloosa Circuit, Circuit uh, Court, Daniel Pruitt heard from Mary Turner. Mary Turner, the lawyer for Darius Miles, essentially put on 
a, a character a, a character defense uh, and, and put up several quotes and, and, and brought up several eyewitnesses and people who know Darius Miles very well. Uh, a lot of them actually were Alabama basketball related, uh, pastors in the local area, and former teammates, mental health counselors, all advocating for Darius Miles to receive bond today. Now, it didn't happen. It was he was denied bond, and only Daniel Pruitt, Judge Daniel Pruitt, can really answer that question. Uh, they, apparently, uh, there, there will be another revisiting of the bond, uh, but but it's not going to be. It's not going to be. Uh, it wasn't granted right yet. Now we all know. If you don't know, Darius Miles, his mother moved down to Tuscaloosa to kind of oversee his her her, her son her, her her son handling his his business. Um, we, we, you've got n- n- numerous people uh, showing up in court today f- to represent and stand in for Darius Miles. Noah Gurley, yeah, Alabama basketball fame, seeing quote says, seeing how Darius interacted the, with the community of Tuscaloosa shows me how I were, how I was supposed to give back as well. Uh, Javon Quinterly, JQ wrote, he's a true family man. Uh, Pastor Michael Wingard wrote, one of the most uh, well-respected and well-behaved young people. We all saw Darius Miles uh, while he was on the basketball team as kind of uh, an enigmatic character. Always fun, always dancing, always uh, trying to have a good time. Maybe he wasn't always doing exactly what NATO wanted him to do as far as taking it seriously, taking the game seriously. But he was a very in my opinion, valuable member of the team because I think all the team, I think he was a good teammate. I think the team loved him for his kind of carefree attitude. Um, ah, look, I think Darius Miles, from all accounts that I've heard, is a, is, is a good man. And it sounds like a tragic situation, a terrible situation, really led to uh, the death of Jimmy Harris. Now, you can say, oh, don't be out at 1.45 in the morning. Don't be drunk. Don't have a firearm, this, that, or the other. All those things are true. All those things are, are absolutely true. But with respect to today's bond hearing and Darius Miles, it's, it, it, it is clear, it is, I mean, it's come out that Darius Miles will not receive bond. Uh, quite yet. Now, on the positive note, Cedric Johnson was served his subpoena. Uh, that w- there was some question marks. Yeah, there was some question marks about whether C- Cedric Johnson had been served his subpoena to appear in court and to and to and to basically tell his side of the story. Since the January fifteenth night, Cedric Johnson has been not in the wind, but not really forthright telling his story. I think the I, I think uh, silence is golden has been his has been his strategy. But a couple of weeks ago, Mary Turner uh, and, and the law announced that, or kind of let it out that they were going to subpoena him for this case. I think his side of the story is vital to, to this case. Uh, and we didn't know. We didn't know if Cedric Johnson had been subpoenaed quite yet or if that subpoena had been successfully served. This morning in the courtroom, Cedric Johnson shows up. Cedric Johnson shows up and Miss Mary Turner uh, uh, before... Yeah, be, be, before yes, before, at eight forty-two, before the hearing got started, Miss Mary Turner uh, ra- uh, stood up and asked if Cedric Johnson was in the courtroom. He raised his hand, and then uh, the Turner Law Group served him his subpoena. So that subpoena was served successfully today. We'll see how uh, the judge and jury, how how the law reacts to things going forward, and we will obviously keep you uh, up to date with uh, everything you need to know about the Darius Miles, Michael Davis, Cedric Johnson saga right here on BamaCentral.com and the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. 
if you haven't been following the case because you haven't paid attention to the case since Alabama was eliminated in the Sweet 16 ugh, by San Diego State, that was a fun night in Louisville. I understand. I understand because uh, the media has kind of moved on, moved its focus to other uh, other areas and uh, other avenues. Uh, but yes, we are going to continue to follow this story out until its uh, until its conclusion, whether my whether Miles and Davis end up being guilty or end up being acquitted, we will have to see. I, I mean, I, I, it sounds like the self defense case is does have a lot of merit and does have some strength behind it. But you never know what's going to happen in a court of law. I was talking to sources earlier this week, and I was expecting. I was expecting Darius Miles to receive bond today. I was. And so to wake up and, and, and kind of follow the news, our, our, our reporter, Katie Windham, is following that for, for Bama Central. To wake up and follow the, the, the news that Darius Miles' bond was denied, it stings a bit. It stings a bit. It makes me, you know, I, of course, the judges are going to do their due diligence and really put air on the side of caution. But I don't think that Darius Miles is a flight risk. I think he's very intent on clearing his name in this case. And I don't think that Darius Miles, from what I know of Darius Miles, is the, is the kind of guy to go out there and cause a lot of trouble. You let him out on bond, I don't, I don't see him... I don't see him furthering and getting into deeper trouble. That's just my opinion. I am not the judge, jury, or executioner. Uh, so we will see what the Tuscaloosa Circuit, uh, circuit judges do, circuit court do for Darius Miles going forward. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, Mary Turner pulled out all the stuff. So I'm reading a, a lot of the reports from BamaCentral.com and from a lot of our other reporters who were in the area. It sounded like a packed courtroom this morning, and we will have to kind of see what happens next. Now, Michael Davis was not participating today because Michael Davis applied about a week ago to have his uh, to, uh, to have his case. His attorney, John Robbins, uh, applied about a week ago to have his case filed under youthful offender status. He applied for youthful offender status uh, because at the time of the murder of the shooting uh, that he he was 20 years old. So he was uh, a youthful offender and so the the judges and the court will make a determination on that July 21st. So two months away for kind of your next your next uh, developments in the case. I, I, I wish for uh, for justice to be served on all accounts. I know that all of, I want to reiterate that our thoughts are with Jamia Harris and her death. That's the most tragic part about the, the story. Of course, it's terrible for Darius Miles and Michael Davis to be in, uh, in to be incarcerated at the moment, but justice is paramount here. And I think that it may take a while, but given some time and given some some patience, we will see all the facts of this court uh, of, the, of this court case come out, and we will see uh, we'll see justice be served for Jamia Harris. So uh, I, I'm confident of that, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this case develops because I think the, the the national narrative of Darius Miles and Michael Davis being bad guys and being uh, criminals. I mean. While caught in a terrible situation, while, while finding themselves in an awful situation, I don't think that characterizing them as bad people or as um, nefarious people with, with, with ill intentions in their heart, I, I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's, that's fair at all. 
It seemed, it seemed to me like, at least from some of the reporting uh, through, from, from that night and what's gone on, that Darius Miles was really trying to protect himself, protect his girlfriend, protect other people, um, and ended up caught uh, in ended up caught in a bad bad situation. So our, our, our thoughts are obviously with the Harris family. Our thought, our prayers are obviously with the, with the Harris family as they continue to process. The loss of their daughter, and obviously raising, uh, the, raising her son without a mother—that's a terrible, tragic thing. So uh, I am against all gun violence in any form. <laughs> uh, we are not—we we are pro. I am pro Second Amendment, but dude, uh, we, guns are very dangerous, and so I want to uh, encourage responsible gun ownership. Uh, throughout any platform that I'm on. So uh, that's that's my thoughts on Darius Miles. His newest, uh, his new development for, for, for today uh, it was denied bond by Judge Pruitt at the Tuscaloosa Circuit co- uh, Court. So we will see, we'll continue to follow that on Bama Central. You can follow Katie Windham as she, as she was over at the courtroom today. Uh, today. I'm going to hopefully try to get Katie on to talk softball and to talk some court cases uh, in the next day or two so to, to, uh, to kind of get some more expertise, some boots on the ground with Miss Katie Wyndham. All right, let's uh let's take a, let's take a quick pivot. Let's take a quick pivot and go into last night. Yesterday on the Bama Central uh, uh, on the Joe Gaither show as a part of the Bama Central network, we had our colleagues Austin Hannon and Will Miller on the program. Really appreciate Austin and Will. Austin pulled a long long day. He started with Coach Saban. He spent some time with me. He did had some rain delay action. He and Will Miller had some rain delay action up there in Hoover and then we had a, a, a really a good game, a great game, a good performance by the Alabama Crimson Tide. The baseball team continues. Man, continues to be on fire. Beating Florida yesterday, four to zero, taking down the Gators, and, and, and or excuse me, we're playing Florida today. No, we're playing Florida today. Taking down <laughs> Kentucky, four to zero. It was Kentucky, four to zero. Uh, behind the backs of uh, behind the backs of uh, Hunter Furtado. Hunter Furtado. We talked about that. Really, um, that was kind of the, the focus of our conversation with Will Miller and and, and Austin Hannon. Was what are we going to do? What what's Jay Jackson's plan with the pitchers today? Uh, uh, being yesterday, and we knew he announced that they were going to start Hunter Furtado. Will Miller said that it was basically because of his strong outing against Troy the week earlier down there uh, down there in, in Troy and and man he gave the ball to Hunter Furtado Jay Jackson gave the ball to Hunter Furtado and Hunter Furtado rewarded him wow what an outing five innings two hit baseball no runs only two walks only two strikeouts but just con- con- controlled the controlled the game Controlled the game from the pitcher's mound. Yes, got in trouble in what? The third, fourth inning? Got in trouble in the third, fourth inning. Got himself out of it. And really just showed true grit. Showed true grit and determination on the mound to come out. Uh, you know, Will Miller and myself were, were messaging back and forth during the game. Are we pushing for Tato too long in the fourth inning? Are we risking it? Are we stretching this? Because uh, he came back out uh, through in the fourth inning and in the fifth inning. Uh, and, I, and I think some of us were a little surprised at, at just the length that he pitched. But in a, in a tournament situation for Tato, it was great. It was, it was excellent for you to... Put on that performance in a tournament situation. You 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 set up the entire week ahead for for, for the Alabama T- Crimson Tide team. You set up today's matchup with Kentucky at four thirty because 
what did you do with the bullpen? You go for Tato for five innings. Cade Woods came in for two innings, shutout baseball. Alton Davis, two innings, shutout baseball. And so you're saving the arms and you're allowing Jay Jackson to uh, really have the entire playbook at it, have his entire playbook at his disposal later on uh, throughout the rest of the week. And I, and I think it's great. Kate Woods came in uh, in the at the sixth and seventh. Yes, the sixth and seventh, and ended up with bases kind of got uh, kind of got himself into a little bit of a jam, uh, and ended up striking his way out of it, having a lot of emotions. Kate Woods with the uh, the one strikeout, but it was huge to close out. I believe that was the sixth inning uh, where Kentucky was threatening. All right, so the pitchers held up their end. And, and, and amazing. Great job. Good, uh, a really fabulous job. And can we just say Jay Jackson? Yeah, pitcher's coach moved up to interim head baseball coach. I, I, Jay Jackson, is he the best interim head coach that we have, that Alabama has had in a situation? <laughs> Not a lot of other great minds come, uh, great names come to mind, but uh, performing at nine and two since he's been, since he's been uh, gi- gi- given the head job think we're still way early on oh my gosh should we uh, make him the permanent head coach and I think Greg Byrne is going to conduct a thorough search but coach Jackson has put himself I think in that conversation to be considered as the permanent head coach I don't think it's as cut and dry as a lot of our fans were uh, a lot of the Alabama fan base was getting into on the Twitterverse in the last couple days I don't think it's as cut and dry as just hire him and let's move on but I do think that he has put himself in the conversation to really be considered to to lead this program going forward now you highlight the pictures you can't say enough you cannot say enough <laughs> about Andrew Pinckney if you didn't see Andrew Pinckney last night uh, he's worth uh, he's worth watching the Alabama games for yes Nine players out there, but Andrew Pinckney is electric, and he is um, he's by far the best athlete that's on this Alabama baseball team. And maybe somebody says, "Oh, Joe, you just don't know this team well enough." But every time I see this team, he's the he's the fastest. He's got the best arm. He can hit. His athleticism is off the chart. He's making diving catches out there in right field. He's home. He's he's slamming home runs over the fence. Yesterday, a big home run, a two-run shot in the Met. I mean, if you haven't been to the Hoover Met, it's a big ballpark. It's a big ballpark, and for him to get one out, uh, that uh, that's quite an accomplishment. I think Kentucky had two or three hits that got almost through the wall or got to the wall, and Kentucky might have said, "Oh, in a smaller ballpark, in a different ballpark, if we weren't at the Hoover Met, maybe we'd have some runs on the board." But Andrew Pingney, my man. All right, responsible for three of Alabama's four runs. Obviously, has the two-run home run. Uh, has the two-run home run in the uh, in the fourth inning. Then he gets on base on. Uh, he gets on base in the sixth inning, brings in another run to make it 3-0. And this is right when Kentucky's kind of still trying to threaten and get back in the game. Bama's got runners on second and third. Pinkney just hits a rocket to the third baseman. Third baseman can't really can't really control it. Throws it in the dirt to first base. First base error. Pinkney advances to second. On the error gets the RBI. Okay, that's uh, that's great. He did great on the on the, on the scoring side of things. But flip it to the other side. On the uh, on the defensive side of things. If you don't have Andrew Pinkney in right field in what? The second inning? First, second, second, third inning. He's getting, he's getting, 
Kentucky's threatening. Furtado's kind of shaky to get started. And ball goes out to the right, field, right fielder. And Pink makes the catch. And guy tags up from third base. Tries to tries to get Kentucky on the board. Wants to get him get get him up ahead. Get him get him the lead early. And goodness gracious, Andrew Pinkney just like a rocket shot, like a rocket, threw him out uh, at home plate, and and so uh, just just an amazing athlete. And, and if you're not if you're not watching watching him play. You're missing out, in my opinion. You're missing out. And, and so today, you're going to be able to watch him at 4:30. You're going to be watching him at 4:30. I'm expecting Luke Holman to take the starting uh, to take the start for Alabama. Get us back to kind of our weekend rotation per se. Florida obviously coming in with the number one seed in the SEC tournament. Uh, coming in with the number one seed and, and and having an amazing year. But Florida, I mean, you, you think back to our series with, with Alabama, Florida, early in the season, Alabama loses, lo- loses down in Gainesville, two games to one, uh, gets the Sunday game, or got the, yeah, ended up playing a doubleheader. So uh, lost the Thursday game, played a doubleheader on Friday, and won the second part of the doubleheader. So Florida had already won the series. Now, what, do you, what can you take away? You have now had April and most, uh, you know, March, April, and most of May. Two months later, two months since you've seen this team, and yes, Florida has been playing great down uh, th- this entire year. But shoot, you just take our Alabama's last three weeks in a snapshot. You just take Alabama's last three weekends in, 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 in a snapshot, and nobody's playing better baseball than this Alabama Crimson Tide team. Do I think that Alabama needs to respect Florida today? 100%. Do I think it's uh, very possible that Alabama loses today? Yes, very possible. But it's also equally as possible, in my opinion, that Alabama can win. Alabama's going to be taking on, going to be taking on Waldrop, uh, Hurston Waldrop. Hurston Waldrop is going to be taking them out for, for the Florida Gators. And this is good news for Alabama because Hurston Waldrop pitched the game that Alabama won. Pitched the that that, that, that Friday night game uh, that Alabama ended up winning. So Alabama has seen Hurston Waldrop and has a little bit of success off of him so far in their in their Friday night game. Waldrop went six innings, allowed four runs, three of them earned off of seven hits. Now he did strike out seven batters. He did strike out seven batters, but uh, but Alabama ended up taking that taking that that win uh, six to three. So this is a guy that you've already had a little bit, little bit of success off of. Now, granted, it was two months ago, but but this is a guy you've got to feel confident. Shoot, there's nobody with more confidence up there at Hoover right now than this Alabama baseball team. Those Hoover, those Hoover, uh, excuse me, those camo baseball hats. Those are nice, and I gotta get me one of those to support the team. But I bet you those camo baseball hats stink like hell. Oh my gosh! If you're not familiar with the story of what's going on there, the uh, the guys have been wearing the camo baseball hats with the script A on the front for the last several weeks, and they have been winning. And they think that they are, you know, a superstitious part of of the winning, a small part of the uh, small part of of the recipe of success. And you don't mess with the recipe of success. If something is working, especially in baseball, you continue to do it. What is uh? What are some of the most interesting superstitions that uh, that you see in sports? I think this is starting to trend to be a, a fun superstition. The guys thinking that the camo hats are a little bit of the secret to their success. Now, now look, they they're not dumb. They know that the camo hats aren't the secret to their success. But it's just a fun aspect to you know make them continue to uh, give them, keep them excited to come. 
back to the ball ballpark and just keep the team camaraderie high. Hey, make sure you get your camo hat. Don't forget your camo hat. We're all wearing, you know, we're all in. We're all unified. And I think you're seeing that as you're watching this baseball team. And I'm I, honestly, as a mild baseball fan, someone who watches baseball to fill the time for football and basketball, <laughs> I have been, I'm excited about today. I'm, 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 I'm ready to watch us at 4.30, uh, get, get underway up at Hoover. You're going to be able to follow our friends Austin Hannon. And I think Will Miller is going to be back up there again. So Austin covering all the SEC baseball tournament. Follow him on the Twitter machine at Austin Hannon SI. He's going to give you all kinds of boots on the ground. Look, lots of rain yesterday. It seems like the rain has subsided. And seems like uh, we're going to stay on time and on schedule up there at Hoover. Knock on wood, because that traditionally, that tournament traditionally gets off kilter. Uh, very happy to get all four games in yesterday, and hopefully the the SEC tournament will be able to get all four games in uh, today as well. So, looking forward to seeing Alabama taking on Florida. Now, look, let's add, let's play ahead. Let's project ahead. If Alabama beats Florida, uh, one, we'll all be celebrating, and I'll be hooping and hollering, saying roll tide. We'll all be celebrating, but we'll obviously, we're, we're playing tomorrow no matter what. We're playing on Thursday, period because we have now reached the double elimination portion of the SEC tournament. <clears throat> so you play Florida today at 4.30, and yeah, I think it's close to a 50-50 coin flip. I think in a one-game scenario, our boys, I, I, I think they're fearless, especially at this point in the season. You've taken down uh, you've taken down Vanderbilt, A&M, Vanderbilt, A&M, and Ole Miss and back-to-back-to-back weekends, and then you're, you, you've just uh, eliminated Kentucky from the SEC tournament. Kentucky, who will likely be hosting as well, uh, hosting a, a regional site as well next week. So your confidence, Alabama, is at an all-time high. Cannot wait to see today's game at 4.30. Whatever happens, Alabama, let's just say, wins. Alabama, we're basically paired up with the Vanderbilt-Auburn matchup later in the evening. Uh, so, so you'll be able to, if you, after Alabama wins or loses, stay around and watch Vanderbilt and Auburn. And if Alabama wins, that's what we'll plan for. We'll plan for an Alabama victory. Alabama wins. They're gonna we're gonna play again Thursday again at four thirty. Four thirty is kind of that time. Uh, hopefully, we can make that all, all throughout our all throughout our weekend. But four thirty on Thursday if we win, and we'll be playing the winner of Vanderbilt and Auburn. Still with two, with zero in the loss column in a double elimination portion. So uh, you you win, you take on the winner of Vanderbilt and Auburn. You lose, you take on the loser of Vanderbilt and Auburn. How are we feeling about that, Alabama fans? Very likely date with the Auburn Tigers. Now Auburn, uh, we think back to our our last series with Auburn and. Of course, April 14th, month and change ago. Month and change ago, Alabama loses the first game and then wins two in a row to win the series right here in Tuscaloosa at Sewell Thomas Stadium. Great, uh, great series, really. Auburn at that time had kind of been struggling. We all know Alabama at that time was was still not struggling, but not doing great. Kind of, kind of up and down, inconsistent. You look at both teams over the last couple of weeks. Uh, after Alabama, the next hottest team in the SEC is right there, Florida and Auburn. I think I think Auburn has uh, closed out their season nicely. Now they they ended up uh, they ended up taking care of business last night against Missouri, winning ten to four, and and so they're riding a lot of confidence. 
How would you like an Alabama Auburn, an Alabama Auburn uh, <laughs> loser go home game uh, up there at Hoover it, it, t- tomorrow? At what time would that be? If both teams lose, it would be at. Uh, it's, to, it's to be determined. It'd be the second time slot. It'd be right now in 24 hours. So the first time slot, excuse me, at 9:30. That second time slot, usually around 12.30, 1 o'clock, will be on the air. So if we, if I am on the air right now, I'll have it in the background. We'll talk about it as we are on the air, as we cover that. But Auburn, they're coming off a series win against Missouri. Obviously, they swept Ole Miss as well. They went down, uh, they beat LSU at home uh, in a series. They beat South Carolina in a series. So they're, they're going to... Five, let's see, how many, they, they have five series victories in a row, five SEC series victories in a row since losing the, the series here at Alabama. What a great response. So uh, setting up to be a hell of a week up there in Hoover, setting up to be an amazing, a lot of fun up there in Hoover, and, and I can't wait to keep covering it. Please, I encourage you to follow my man at Real WB Miller, Will Miller up there, and at Austin Hannon SI. Those guys are giving you the boots on the ground coverage. If anything weather-related happens as far as delays, they're going to be the first ones to know about it. And we really appreciate all the hard work getting up to Hoover uh, for, for, for that event. The, the event is great. We hope Alabama is playing all the way to Sunday. But for now, we've at least made it to Thursday, and that's uh, excellent. We're going to see what happens today at 4.30. Alabama taking on the Florida Gators. We're going to see likely Luke Coleman taking on taking on. Hurston Waldrop for the Florida Gators. So we'll see that at 4:30. You'll be able to watch. Uh, you'll be able to watch it on the SEC Network and follow along live right there on BamaCentral.com. We'll have our live updates as well. So let's uh, let's put a pin on the baseball topics. Let's put the baseball topics away real quick, and we'll spin it to the other side of the diamond or the other diamond sport. Our friends, the ladies of softball. All right, all right. We, we talked about it a little bit with Chris on Monday. Chris Walsh, at Riding Walsh on the Twitter machine. We talked about it a little bit with Chris Walsh on Monday. The girls really... Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, look, a part of me thinks that they escaped by the skin of their teeth over the weekend. But a part of me thinks that they did exactly, exactly what they needed to do. Because they won without Montana Fouts. They won without Montana Fouts throughout the weekend. And I think that's incredible. I think that is the uh, portion of the story to really, really celebrate. Because I I think all of us who have watched the Alabama softball team this year have seen, okay, this team's got talent. This team has talent. They're just not quite clicking. They're not quite consistent. They're not quite hitting. They're not quite pitching behind Montana Fouts and behind Ashley Prangy. I mean, Prangy, her dang bat is amazing. And Fouts, her, her arm is amazing. But the depth was a little bit shaky. This weekend was was great. I mean, from a practical standpoint, you come away with victories, you come away with close games, and you come away with uh, experience in the pressure-packed moments. Jayla Torrance, man, we I applaud you so much for your your performance on Sunday. Jayla has been, I said it on Monday with Chris Walsh. Jayla, in my opinion, if you put Jayla Torrance out there and you say just throw pitches to nobody and you just watch her, I think you'd say, wow, that's a that's a hell of a pitcher. That's a pitcher that I have, that I would have a hard time hitting. That's a pitcher that lots of Division I athletes will have a hard time hitting. But we've seen Jayla struggle. We've seen Jayla get into moments, get into pressure-packed moments, have a batter in the batter's box, and, and struggle before. Not not always, but, but before. But there's been struggles. I think this past weekend, shutting out MTSU, 
really was was was, an, it was such an important game for her and, and such an important uh, such an important moment in her career that hopefully she'll be able to take into the coming weeks and the coming season and say you know what I can do this I can rise to the challenge I don't need mommy Montana Fouts to come in and save me now Montana was warming up uh, in the bullpen on Sunday and Patrick Murphy said he told our Katie Wyndham he told Katie Wyndham yesterday that Montana Fouts was available in an emergency situation that she would have been okay to pitch on that Sunday so with that kind of framework being in mind and Northwestern coming to town because Northwestern is coming to town after winning their regional Northwestern beating Kentucky and several others in their regional Northwestern's coming to town, and they're not going to be afraid. Northwestern softball, uh, I mean, they, they've had a good season. They obviously they obviously hosted their own regional, 41-11, and 11, so they're not afraid. They beat number six Texas. They played against T- Tennessee. They played Clemson, who's, who, who's one of the top teams in the country. They, te- they played with uh, UCLA very, very close. You know, Alabama lost to UCLA as well at the very beginning of the season. Well, uh, Northwestern competed in the Mary Nutter Classic out in California and competed with UCLA as well. So Northwestern's not coming in here. Hey, they ain't coming in here to, to mess around. They're not coming in here to lose. They're not coming in here just to be eliminated. Look at this as you continue scrolling through their schedule. Northwestern with two victories over Auburn, a one a two to one loss at Oklahoma out there in big bad Oklahoma Boomer Sooner territory. So this team is not coming in here to lay down. This team is not coming in here just to get eliminated, uh, and Alabama's going to have to be ready. Northwestern over the weekend beating Eastern Illinois, Kentucky 10-8, and then Miami of Ohio 5-4 to advance uh, to our Super Regional. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with Montana Fouts? What are we going to do with Miss Montana Fouts and her availability, her health? Now, obviously, you want Montana to perform if she's going to be if she's healthy. I think that Patrick Murphy, the last thing that Patrick Murphy, Coach Patrick Murphy is going to do is risk Montana's long-term health. And, and, and I'm confident of that. So do you lean on Alex Salter? Do you lean on Jayla Torrance? Do you lean on your backup pitchers as you as you bring in a team that, that is coming in with no fear, that is, that is coming in and has already played some of the best of the best in college softball throughout the entire season? Do you put... It on Miss Montana Fouts. I think Friday night's going to be interesting. What will, will Patrick Murphy do? Look, he's not going to tell me. He's not going to tell you. It's unfortunate. Uh, I already called him. He said, Joe, I love you, but I can't tell you because you're just going to tell the world. You got a big bladder mouth. Uh, so Patrick Murphy didn't tell me. But what I think he should do, I think we should see Miss Jayla Torrance on Friday night. I think Jayla should be out there on Friday, and I think that uh, she, she should lead this Alabama team because... While Montana is obviously the most talented pitcher on the roster, next season, 2024 comes around, Jayla Torrance is probably your lead ace. Now, things could happen. That's a long time from now. Lots of, you know, transfer portal things could happen, and wild things will happen in college college sports. But if Jayla Torrance is going to go into your 2024 season as your lead dog, as your your ace, as as your, you know, taking the circle night in and night out, I say you go ahead and put the pressure on her. You put the pressure on her and you say, Northwestern's coming to town. We want you to get us off to a win. We want you to get us win number one. And we'll bring in Montana on Saturday, on Saturday, to try to close the door. 
I don't think you. I, I don't think you hold Montana to Sunday, the if necessary. But all of this obviously plays into how healthy is she really. If she's not healthy, then you ain't gonna see her. If she's not healthy, she's gonna sit on the bench. Patrick Murphy, were you lying to my friend Katie Wyndham yesterday? I don't think you were. You're not that kind of guy. I never get that sense from you. I think that Patrick Murphy does a great job with the media. I think Co- Coach Murphy, you, you usually give the media an honest answer and usually. I mean, obviously, all coaches protect team information, but 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 I think Coach Murphy puts out what he can. So I don't think that he lied to, to Katie Wyndham. I think she, I think Montana Fouts was available on Sunday, and if she was available on Sunday, then she's available again on on Friday, Saturday, Sunday this coming up week. Another week's rest, though. Ooh, another week's rest for Miss Montana Fouts, and then we head out to the college uh, college World Series out in Oklahoma City. And take on big bad Oklahoma and the likes of, uh, you know, the others trying trying to win a national championship. If we can rest her, if we can rest Montana, I think that's the best move. So, Coach, as we as we head into the weekend with, with Northwestern, Coach Murphy, I encourage you. I encourage you to put the pressure back on your three pitchers, Jayla Torrance, Alex Stalter, and Lauren Esman. You had a good result this past week, and the three girls got it done. They got it done in, in, in excellent fashion. I think uh, I think Salter had, had herself a, a, a fine game. Now, Esmond. Esmond on Sunday, a little bit of struggle. A uh, little bit of struggle against MTSU. But, look, we, you're just going to see that sometimes. When you get down the line, when you get down the line uh, from, from – when you get down, down the line from, oh, not our number one starter, our number two, three, four, Esmond's probably your fourth starter. Of course you're going to get shaky sometimes. But I'm excited for this coming weekend. I'm excited because Allie Shipman saw the ball go out of the park over the weekend, and you haven't seen that from her in quite a minute. I, I, I think if you get more bats involved behind Ashley Prangy, and you, you're seeing you're seeing that from the FCC tournament, and you're seeing that as well in the regionals, the small ball really getting going. Larissa Pruitt, uh, Ashley White as well. You, you, you're seeing a lot of a lot of girls getting on base and getting after it, hit, putting the ball into play. Bailey Dowling, I owe you an apology. I was getting on Bailey Dowling in a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of communication, correspondent group chats throughout the year. That oh my gosh, I needed to come on, get it going. Bailey Dowling, when the moment matters most in the SEC tournament, put, getting a big old hit, and then really, uh, I, I think she's uh, becoming part of the, uh, more of a better part of this offense as the season continues to roll on. So I'm excited for our girls. I'm excited for, for, for the guys today. The guys taking on Florida at 4:30. You're going to be able to see our coverage right there on BamaCentral.com, and we're going to be able to follow Katie Wyndham's coverage on Friday on BamaCentral.com. Be, be sure to follow all of our reporters. We are putting reporters out in every place. When, when Alabama is competing, we, Bama Central, are there. And so I'm really looking forward to being a part of that team and a part of, the, uh, of that program. Before we get out of here, let's, let's do just a little bit of football. Let's have a little bit of football fun, and I was just trying to uh, have a little fun yesterday on the Twitter machine uh, with the Twitter poll, and a lot of people, a lot of you guys interacted and participated. I I appreciate that. Uh, Yesterday on the Twitter machine, I asked, come on, we're doing hypothetical summer conversations. Football's not really here, so we're playing silly little games. I asked, you are the defender running the Oklahoma drill. If you don't know the Oklahoma drill because they banned it before you got to play football, I'm sorry. But it's obvious, It's basically just a one-on-one drill, running back, ball carrier, running whoever, ball carrier on one side, defender on the other, a small shoot, so there's no real running away. It's essentially just run through the defender or run through the ball carrier. All right, you're the defender on the Oklahoma drill. 
and you have to decide, or you get to decide, who do you want to be, try to tackle? All these guys in their healthiest Alabama Crimson Tide form. Derrick Henry, Trent Richardson, or Eddie Lacy were your options. Obviously, dude, obviously all bad options. Terrible options. Derrick Henry would plant me six feet under. Trent Richardson, the same. And Eddie Lacy would leave me spinning in a spin cycle. I, I, I think that all three men would uh, permanently injure me. Going back to our Monday conversation with Chris Walsh. I don't know about a broken orbit alone, but all three men. Dangerous runners. I tried to pick the three most physical runners that I could pick out in the Nick Saban era. And of course, I tried to make it intentionally not fun. You don't. You don't want to obviously tackle Richard Mullaney and, and Slade Bolden, and you know walk on X, Y, or Z. Oh no! Of course, you have a good chance of getting those guys down. Let's make it hard. Who do you not want to see? I don't want to see Derrick Henry for my life, but I really don't want to see Trent Richardson. I mean, a lot of people think about Trent Richardson and they think about his post-college career, his time with the Cleveland Browns and his time with the Indianapolis Colts, his time in the AAF with the Birmingham Iron and, and several other stops. My man Trent Richardson was a bully behind Mark Ingram. You, 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 you stop Mark Ingram in that 9 season and you're starting to feel good about yourself that 9 10 season and boom, Trent Richardson comes in and pops off 65 yards in a national championship game because you finally took a little rest and you saw 22 come off the field and three go in. Uh, there ain't no right answers here on who do you think you have the best chance at tackling. I guess maybe it's Eddie Lacy, and Eddie Lacy did get the most votes. We had 80, 86 per, uh, participants right now. You can go ahead and vote if you want to at Joe Gaither 6 on the Twitter machine. Uh, 43% saying Eddie La- they'd have the best chance at tackling Eddie Lacy. 36% of people saying they'd have the best chance at tackling one Trent Richardson and Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry getting 21% of the votes. All right, all right hey, my, my, my man, I, I want to go out to our comments uh, because we got a couple comments. Sorry, James, I didn't mean to uh, didn't mean to not see them earlier. But my man, James Ludeman, chiming in on the Facebook side of things, on the comments, appreciate you doing that. You can jump in. Montana won't be 100%, but her presence, even at 75%, is worth her being out there. I think you're right. I mean, I don't think she's going to be at 100%. I, I agree. Um, and, and that's why I say we start Jayla Torrance on that Friday night. I think starting Jayla on that Friday night, you leave Montana kind of hanging out on the shelf. You're available. You're not av- You're not quite in yet, but you're there in case things get really out of hand. That Friday night, I think you really are dedicated to having Torrance, Salter, and Esman carry you through. Because if elimination, if elimination is not on the line. I don't want to play. I don't want to play Montana Fouts. If no, if if elimination becomes on the line, that's when I think you get Montana in. Whether you get the chance to eliminate Northwestern or Northwestern's looking at eliminating Alabama, I think that's when you throw in Montana Fouts uh, in, in, in that situation. Whether she is 75, 85, 90 percent, I think that's when you see her. Uh, so so we're. Uh, Okay, and, and, and one more comment from, from my man James Ludeman saying Northwestern survived their regional two, got a very gracious call at the end of the elimination game, but they are a solid team. Uh, I got to take your word on it, uh, James. I did not see the a controversial call at the end of that game, but I'm expecting them to come in. I'm expecting them to come in and really be fearless. I mean, looking through their schedule, they have already played the who's who of college softball. Get out to the Joe, or excuse me, get get out to to the Rhodes House. Get out to the Rhodes House this weekend. 
Um, if nothing else, I can promise you it's the last time Montana Fouts will be competing at the Rhodes House. And that, that in and of itself is worth the price of admission, is worth getting over to the Rhodes House. I think that, uh, man, you put Montana on the Mount Rushmore, on the Mount Rushmore of, uh, yeah, we put Montana Fouts on the Mount Rushmore of Alabama Athletics right now. That, that could be a good conversation for later in the week. Uh, who all would be on that Mount Rushmore, I guess, for current and for all time? Does Montana get on it all time? I don't know. I'll probably have to bring somebody on with a little more expertise, uh, a little more memory than I do. But golly, over the last five years, Montana, you're definitely on it over the last five years. Whew. I will never, I will never forget being at the, uh, at the Rhodes House for the 2021 SEC Tournament and seeing her strike out some 35 batters, something of the matter. Uh, just incredible, just incredible uh, performance for, for, for her in that SEC Tournament. And I hope that she can pull, pitch one more time successfully in the Rhodes House and we can see the, the, the girls get all the way to Oklahoma City. All right, so we'll pin, put a pin in the program for today. We're going to uh, get on out of here. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at Joe Gaither 6 at Bama Central. Find me on Instagram and, and, and Twitter and Snapchat, all, all the places. My username is the same, at Joe Gaither 6. That's where you can find me for all the content. I really appreciate Bama Central and the Bama Central Broadcasting Network for putting us on. I want to tell you and remind you, we're going to have a couple other podcasts. We've got the obviously the All Things Bama podcast. We have Blue Collar Unplugged as well with Matthew Gibson and my friend Blake Byler. So we're really excited about what we're going to be bringing right here on the Bama Central Network. So big thanks to Chris Walsh for letting me have another day. Big thanks to you, the listener, for putting up with us and tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Joe Gaither Show. We'll hopefully be recapping a floor to win. We'll be setting up a little bit further on the on, on the NCAA regional. Continue talking the NCAA tournament and talk to all things Alabama Crimson Tide. For Joe Gaither, that's me. And for you, the listener, hope you guys have a great Wednesday. Have a great day and roll tide.